Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Unpacking Organizations, where Rupert and I talk about our passion topics and help you unpack some of those. Unpacking Organizations, the Practitioner's Podcast. Sponsored by OrgView. See tomorrow's business today. So, Rupert, today I actually have a topic that has been the bane of my org design career. Um, and I think you already have guessed it. It's the whole idea that when we do org design and when we have job descriptions laid out, then we talk about that who is responsible for it, who is accountable, who do we can consult. So the whole overlay of RACI on our org design job descriptions or like, you know, the new roles that have been created, it just takes the energy out of my whole thing. And I've never been able to explain people what is the difference between responsibility and accountability. But then there are so many more models out there. I know that there is rapid, then there is a dare model, but I also know that you have a model that I really like. So why don't we talk about that model and unpack other things that why do we actually, everybody is so inclined in using racy when it never actually works and everybody hates it. <laughs> I think everyone uses racy because it's the thing that everyone knows. Hmm. Um, the, the thing that I get when I talk at conferences uh, and I, I, I get the biggest applause and laughter and what have you when I talk about racy. I wrote a, um, a blog about this, I think 11 years ago. And it was the blog that was a runaway success. Um, so like you, I spent a lot of my life trying to get people to fill in a racy and explain the difference between responsible and accountable. And the way I would explain it is if you're responsible, you have to make it happen. And if you're accountable, you get shot if you don't. Hmm. Oh, then, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, not really, because if you're the person who gets shot, then you'll shoot the person responsible. So what, what does it really mean? <laughs> Everybody uh, dies. And then um... I've had everyone dies. And then I've had conversations like with French and, and, and they in, in the French language, they don't even have the difference of the word responsible and accountable. So oh, the difference just doesn't even exist in like in the language. And and I kind of think to myself, well, Aren't they really the same thing? Like if you're responsible, you're responsible. You, you, have, a, you have accountability for, for making that happen. If it's a decision, you have a responsibility for creating the recommendation, pulling all the data, speaking to the advisors, consulting with the right people so that you can then get the decision made. If it's a piece of work, you're responsible for getting that piece of work done to the level of. So in my mind, let's combine the R and the A and just make it an R, responsible. But then we get to our good old friend, the C and the I. Consult and inform. Now, when I would sit in these um, workshops defining the roles, and you would write down an I, oh, this role needs to be informed. And then people say, oh, no, 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 no. They need to be consulted. So what's the difference between consulted and informed? Is before the decision is made or the work is done, you have input into that decision. So you are consulted. You don't have any veto power, but your opinion is heard, et cetera, et cetera. 
And informed means when the decision is made, you have to be told of the outcome of the decision. And many a time I feel they're the same people, like people who you're consulting should also be informed of the decision. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm filling the bubbles across everybody. Yeah. Right? And, and you're also putting CI the whole time. So right. C slash I, and you're often, by the way, you're putting R slash A, responsible and approved. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and then I'm like, okay, so you, I've not once, and if someone listening to this podcast has ever seen someone do this, please let me know. Reach out to me on Shredder on LinkedIn. Um, I've never seen someone responsible in an organization go through, oh, I need, there's a decision that needs to be made. I'm going to check the racy grid now and see who I need to consult. I mean, what happens with this data? So we spend days of very expensive people mapping this all out for it all to go into some sort of matrix for it to be ignored for the rest of eternity. So in my mind, if you're responsible, you should be responsible for knowing who to consult and you should be responsible for knowing who to inform. And that's why you're responsible. And we as org design practitioners don't need to go through a workshop process to agree that. So throw away the complexity, get rid of the accountable, consult and inform. So the only thing that's left over from the RACI model is the R, which is responsible. So what else is there? Like, you know, we know that the people who are responsible then get, they need more support. What else is needed in the organization? So, exactly. So it's a decision. If you're responsible, it doesn't mean you have unilateral ability to decide because often decisions are made because by multiple different actors. Why? Because there's a tension between different criteria. Um, and, and so for me, you need to understand who is the decider or who needs to agree this or who has veto power in terms of that decision. And, and, and in, other, in other words, who is approving the decision? So for me, the acronym that I've chosen is A for approve. Who is approving? So I'm responsible. And actually, from a governance perspective and everything else, it is quite important to know how decisions get made and where you have A's for approve. People also get confused about sponsorship. Like, how do you think about that? Like, whose sponsor is the person who's going to approve? Like, there is a lot of that word that gets thrown out when I do my work like this. Yeah, and I, I think that's a big corporatist um, language. You know, I'm a sponsor. I mean, and I see people puffing their chests out. I'm a sponsor. And I'm sponsoring this. Like, if, if I'm responsible and I need help to unbottleneck, then I should go and find people to help me. Um, if you're a leader in the organization and you give responsibility to someone and you know they need help, you should help them. That's part of your job. Take away bottlenecks, give support, give coaching, give guidance. Again, from a org design perspective, do we need to define that in a matrix and put S for sponsor or something like that? I don't think so. And I think it's very context specific. You know, so I, I think it's unnecessary um, to define that. In, inside the org design process. Does it mean that you don't have sponsors or people that are helping? Of course not, but that, that's a different point. It's, it's a little bit like C for consult. 
of course I have to go and consult people because I don't have all the knowledge. I need help. So I go and consult people. But I don't need to define it into a, a grid, into some sort of system, into a matrix that then is generating job descriptions. And what am I doing with that data? It's unnecessary. Um, so we have responsible. And approved. And we have approved. So R and A. Yeah. What else, Rupert? So there's a big thing that's missing. Like, who's actually doing the work? Like, it's... I, I need to understand beautiful. the impact. So um, the McKinsey Dare model talks about executors. Um, you know the Rapid model, which came from Bain, has got provide input. Um, it's also got perform, um, recommend. So we'll come to those in a second. But for me, D is for do. Who is doing the work? Um, I might be responsible, but I can't do it on my own. I need help from others. That is so powerful, Rupert, because I've seen races and rapids written down and we have like 10 people who are R's and A's and C's and I's and one person who's an executioner. And I, my heart goes for that poor soul because there's just one person actually doing the work while others are just adding the bureaucratic red tape around the work. So... It is important. So let me ask you this question. Do you think that there should be more doers? And what is the number, if you can talk about, that how many people should be approving? How many people should be responsible? Do you have something that, that you I, think I, about? I do. So I, I devote a lot, actually, in, in, in data-driven organization design to this because, to me, there's an investment in um, bureaucracy, and you need bureaucracy in the right place. So what is the right place? It's when a decision is uncommon and where the impact is of getting it wrong is significant and hard to reverse. So if I've got a decision that is really material, hard to reverse, and impacts the organization in different ways, i.e. Um, there's, there's an innate conflict. So... It, um, I, I, I then, that needs to be escalated and time and attention needs to be applied and I need multiple people to approve that. So entering a new segment, entering a new product range, a new market, those kind of decisions, um, approving brand messaging or something, you know, where it's impactful and impacts lots of different functions and, and, and geographies and, 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 and roles. That's where you invest the energy of having multiple A's. And there's always a, a question, do you give the A, do you give them veto power or not? But that to me is, is a secondary point. Where the decision um, is routine and it's happening all the time, even if it's quite impactful, you can create routines and, and mechanisms for the person responsible to get it done so you've got speed. And this is also where empowerment comes. The, you know, there's a degree of how many decisions have only one R? And no A's, because if, if, there's, if there's an R and no A's, the person responsible is also approving. That's also, it's implied. When I put A's against to it, so if I've got one R and two A's, the person's responsible, but then there's two people with veto power, you know, I've taken away some authority and some autonomy. And we know what motivates people in the workplace is autonomy, mastery, and um, 
the ability to to get the work done that you know the mastery the skill set so i i think we have to be careful about putting a's too many a's but you and you can calculate or the other thing by the way with too many a's is the cost because guess what happens that's where politics lies the more a's you have the more informal meetings meetings more, before meetings after meetings meeting. before meetings, just yes. the a's aligning with each other right you know so that when you're in the meeting to decide it's already being decided and and you know that's yeah that and which a has and more who does the then we don't need another a to actually do the tie breaking if they both are butting their heads like it just exactly. adds on to so it many adds, complexities adds, adds. so right. it has to be applied in the right place that so we've got these other two um, models that, you know, is worth talking about. So you've got the, the Bain Rapid model. So just to spell out the acronym, it's uh, who's recommending, who's agreeing, who's performing, who's providing input, and who's deciding. So if you compare that to the RAD model, so my RAD model, then the recommend, that's the person responsible. The agree, it's the same as approve. The perform, that's the do. The provide input, that's the same as consult. We don't have to describe that. Decide is the same as agree. Maybe I misunderstood the rapid model, but being a simple man or simplicious, like you're deciding, you're agreeing. Uh, maybe I've not understood the rapid model well enough, but I'm like, I don't understand why you need that. Um, so it's covered. The bases are covered. And I think agreement in there is like, you know, people have a sense of, like um, they agree with the process, they agree with the approach, they are bought, bought in into it. But then again, it's adding complexity, which is not needed. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to um, take an outcome out of that if people are not agreeing? Like, yeah. I, I don't understand the complexity that we add yeah. by just doing that. So yeah. agreed, like maybe we're doing it very simplistically, but then yes. Yeah. And then, and then, so the DARE model, um, which comes from McKinsey, is deciders, advisors, recommenders, and executors. So in, in, in my mind, this is actually not a million miles off the RAD model, actually, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the executors is the same as do. Who's gonna, the deciders, right. uh, who's approving. The recommenders, well, they're kind of who's responsible. And the advisors, well, they're they're kind of who's been consulted. And if you're responsible, right. you should work out. So I, I don't see the value out of the uh, being specific about the advisors. If you're, and calling it recommenders, I know it's about decision-making and you should have a clear recommendation, but the person responsible should be re recommending. But I, I don't like it in the sense, I, I like the clarity of who's responsible. And, right. you know, responsible is the same as accountable, single point of accountability, giving autonomy. I think it's a lot, it's a lot more positive to think about RAD in, in, in that way. Um, Simple, positive, more powerful. And I also feel that people who are responsible have to lean into the culture of the organization. If the culture of the organization is that you stay in your own lane, do not talk to anybody, do not interact with or consult the other departments what they're doing, then even if the model says anything, you will, you will not have the system that will allow you to do that, right? But if you have the organization where people are more collaborative, they want the different departments to come together to create a process and make decisions, automatically it will make the responsible people 
more open to collaboration outside. And so I think that is more important than putting all of this into the paper um, and ensuring that somebody's following it. Totally agree. So, Shraddha, what from all of this, what is your big takeaway? This was a great um, unpacking for me because many a times I have really been entangled into these models. Um, the biggest takeaway for me is that understand what you really want to know. You want to know who does the work, who approves it, and who's responsible for it. Um, and that's all we need. So do not overcomplicate. But the other part is, like, I think it's extremely important who's doing the work. The, the races, the rapids, many a times we just do so much of complexity, but we don't even know who's doing the work. And I think that is the powerful takeaway for me, that ultimately, finally, who is actually executing and doing the work, which is most important, and what do they need? How can we get, make their life easier, not complicated, so that they are able to the, do the best works of their lives? So that's my takeaway. Great. What is yours, Rupert? Mine. Trying to see what else I can add to that, because I think you summarized <laughs> it so well. I, just having spent a lot of time doing this, it's what do you do with this information? There's, there's only a point of recording this if you actually do something with the information. So if you have to do anything, just do the R's and let everything else sort itself out. You you don't even need to specify the A's and, and, and the D's if you're not going to use that information for something, right? I mean, I think it's important actually to understand that and from understanding governance and, and the activity and the, the volume of work when you do activity analysis, the, the D is important. But if you're not going to do something with this data that you're collecting, what is the point? And so think about that first and foremost. And I guess the other related point to this is you don't have to do it all at once. So you, you get the R's first, and then if things are confusing and not right, go and fill in the um, the A's and the D's. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, because we always aim to make that beautiful chart with all the bubbles filled in into the right places. And many a times we don't need uh, know yeah. that. Like we may need yeah. it, but we not know the information. Yeah, yeah. put the energy where it says it's, it's be a little bit more agile with it, I, I guess, is a, a modern way of describing it. So um, it, it is, I hope people have enjoyed this. It, it, it's probably the biggest crowd pleaser. Um, Shraddha, your reaction is not <laughs> untypical uh it, but still everyone's out there with all these things and, and confusing the world and it's probably partly why all design practitioners get a bad name because they're overcomplicated when they don't need to thank you so much rupert thanks shredder until next time take care